0: Thanks for downloading this podcast from RNIB Connect Radio. Joe Murphy had an established career as a pilot with the Irish military until one day, whilst undertaking a training flight with a co-pilot, he had no option but to make a forced landing as both engines failed. Joe's plane came down in a field in the west of Ireland and due to the accident, Joe was left with many injuries, including complete sight loss. Joe joins us on the line now to tell us his incredible story. Joe, thank you so much for joining us here on RNIB Connect Radio today.
1: very welcome, Jill. Pleasure to talk to you.
0: Now, you lost your sight 22 years ago due to a plane crash. You were a pilot with the military at the time. Tell us what happened.
1: That's right, Jill. I was originally with the military and um, involved in VIP transport, and then I retired from the military and moved into the Irish Aviation Authority. And One of the duties testing, which would be checking out pilots for different ratings, sort of instrument ratings, license ratings, that type of thing. And on this particular occasion, I was down the west of Ireland doing a particular instrument rating on an individual, and the aircraft suffered an engine failure, which meant we had to do a forced landing in a field probably about four miles the actual airport itself. And um, that was pretty interesting because you were landing in a very wet marshy field touched on the landing gear sunk into the wet ground as you can imagine and was pulled off then the airplane gidded along the ground and hit a fence at the end of field which in some ways was rather fortunate because at the other end of the fence was a drop of about 30 feet so if the aircraft had continued and gone over that drop of 30 feet well then the injuries could be much more catastrophic now In my case, what happened there was a tooth on the aircraft. The other chap had some back injuries requiring surgery, but nothing life long, you know? In my case, I had uh, broken legs and uh, a lot of facial injuries, jaw bones, Internal bleeding which damaged the optic nerves and you can do very little with um, nerve damage. Now on the day in question there was one of our military helicopters in the area and they heard about the blood situation over the radio and flew to the crash site. Now both the pilots on that aircraft I knew quite well and um, I was so badly smashed up they didn't recognize me. So they flew me initially to a hospital close by and they, um, medical staff there, started treating me, but because of the head injury, uh, my head started to swell somewhat and they felt that really I should be moved to a specialist hospital in Dublin, which specialises in head injuries where I was obviously admitted and spent about two and a half months in the hospital there. And the funny thing about it was I did my pilot there medical on the day before the accident and could read the second last line on the chart. And uh, then, as I said, I was in the hospital for about two and a half months but nobody realised there was an eyesight problem until I sort of said to somebody, you know, it's very dark in here, why don't you switch the lights on? So um, then they realised there was an eyesight problem that through the search, the, the extent of the eyesight issue was and they diagnosed that was internal bleeding had damaged the optic nerves, so that's where we were at that stage.
0: That must have been absolutely terrifying, Joe. because not only had you experienced a a plane crash, but to have gone through that and to wake up in hospital and, you know, be thankful that you're alive. But at the same time, you know, you're smashed up and and you've no eyesight. must have been so traumatic. Do you remember the last moments before you actually came down?
1: Yeah, I can remember clearly up to about maybe two, three minutes before the actual impact. And... From then on, I have a gap which lasts until such time as I was in in the hospital and uh, waking up there. And uh, I spoke to the doctors about this and they said that uh, that was not unusual. When a person suffers a traumatic event, the brain just tends to block that nasty period of time out and your memory prior to the event would be perfect and again, after the event is perfect and it's just apparently the brain's nature's way of dealing with the um, traumatic period in your life as such and i asked the doctors you know (laughs) would 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 it be possible to for this to be a jig so i could remember the event and they said no this wouldn't happen but uh, as i said it was life-changing all right indefinitely yeah
0: no Obviously you know as you said it was completely life-changing you were left with severe head injuries you were left completely blind and I know from meeting you 20 years ago 20 years we've known each other Joe can you exactly, believe yeah. it um, <laughs> <laughs> but I remember at the time you letting me feel your forehead you could tell that um, you know there was a lot of kind of smashed bones under there did it leave any lasting damages you know mentally
1: no it, it I mean certainly there was a, a period of time which was an adjustment to your life you know you tended that if uh, for example if you're taking a cup of coffee and somebody moved the jar of coffee to a different location you know you were totally confused and that was very um, frustrating for a period of time but as regards the last thing you, you mentioned the 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 injuries to the forehead which uh, was very rough that Surgery sorted that issue out, and you um, know, well, certainly took a couple of years to adjust and um, realise there was still life there. Unfortunately, I suppose coming from the military, um, you know, I was a very positive individual anyway, and that definitely helped. And I distinctly remember being home after the accident or sort of sitting on the, the sofa and saying, "Well, now I can sort of sit here and mope and feel sorry for myself or try and." up and get on with things so I contacted some of my friends and uh, said go out for a drink so juiced it out for a drink and um, that was very good and my friends were very very helpful to the military and the aviation community in general uh you know both regularly with them and we discussed various things about the whole world of aviation and that and I think that was a very big help in my recovery that, you know, you're still, okay, there were things that you obviously couldn't do, but could still go out and keep in touch with it. And also then, um, the advantage with technology, I did um, a course where I met yourself and, uh, we learned some computer skills and, uh, then got on the internet and able to use read up various reports and you know keep in touch with the aviation industry as such through still to this day like i'm very much in touch with what's happening in the world of aviation and meet up with my friends on a regular basis certainly feel that the uh, friendship that i made and the bonding that exists particularly with the military background does aid to recovery quite considerably.
0: Very much so. I mean, yeah, I know at the time when, when I lost my sight, it changed the course of a lot of my relationships, friendships, uh, you know, the fella I was seeing at the time, you know, just wasn't interested in, in me being blind. And yeah, I had other people that crossed the street to avoid me, uh, people that I'd grown up with. And yet there was other people that came crawling out the woodwork. How did it affect your personal relationships Ship, joe
1: yeah that's a good question actually um certainly i wasn't aware of it's one particular friend all right who um would have expected would have contacted me after and uh, never did and discovered many years later he just wasn't able to um to cope with it to deal with it himself but all the other friends did stick by me now i did um as you know i was married at the time and um relationship broke down after a couple of years and it would have been pretty much due to the accident, you know, lifestyle change. I was around the house all the time and um, the um, life wasn't as good for her as it had been prior to that. But And then I, have, I still have two children, they have grown up now obviously, but still have a very good relationship with them and no great problems there. But uh, I can see where you're coming from about people um, avoiding you. Um, Certainly, I was very lucky in that respect that uh, my friends all uh, certainly gathered around me. Part of the reason may be the fact that uh, in the military, I know that uh, three colleagues of mine would have died on um, airplane accidents, flying-wise, and I suppose I was the one that came out the other side. Even though I was blind, a lot of other people were able to um, relate to that and, uh, you know, probably bonded us. Maybe a little bit more than others, you
0: know. Did you feel in any way at all emasculated? Because you know, we we hear about military men and we look at our military men, and and there's such big strong men and uh, you know you'd imagine that the coming away from a career like that and being left jobless, not knowing what's going to happen with your future, uh, severely disabled at the time you know certainly straight after the accident you could barely do anything uh, for for quite a while. Did, did that emasculate you at all Joe? It okay, did
1: Jill and uh, you know for a number of years that it took um, about 10 years the whole claim and process litigation, all that sort of stuff to go through and I was very concerned, you know, I was going to happen financially down the road because that was foremost in my mind. Now, fortunately we did work out a good um, case and I was well looked after financially by the Aviation Authority so you know, I wouldn't be on the same pay skills now as I was then, but that the picture is pretty much adequate to keep a reasonably comfortable lifestyle, no great problems there. But certainly um, there was a number of years where there was a lot of concern and then we have a large court case coming up and um, that is quite a traumatic period and day of the court itself and you know they're wondering will he be called up on the stand, what questions will he be asked. Now as it turned out fortunately hearing and that was good because um you know you're on a witness box and uh, the uh, counsel for the defence would sort of cross-examine you and then various witnesses and all that so I think it was, it's a big big deal so fortunately I didn't have to but I didn't know that was going to settle until the actual day itself so you had to go through all the build-up and all the meetings and all the various reports and um, people for my own side and for the defence and various assessments, psychological, um, mm-hmm. occupational, the whole lot. It's, big. it's a big tough period and certainly when the case was settled it was a big weight off the shoulders without a shadow of a doubt.
0: Joe, obviously, you know, this did happen 22 years ago. I have known you for 20 years, and I have to say, I have never, ever, ever heard a negative word come out of your mouth. You're one of the most positive, inspirational people I have ever met. And you still love flying, don't you? It's never put you off.
1: Absolutely, yeah, and I have flown since. Uh, the, uh, you've brought my guide dog in the airplane a few times, and uh, the only interest the guide dog has on, on the flight is that, uh, lifts his head up when the airplane's taken off, sleeps with the flight, and then when the airplane's landing, lifts his head up again, you know.
0: So so he's got his wings as well.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) But, uh, no, I mean, you know, it's it's very easy, as it's very easy to be negative about things and to be all moany, uh, but it doesn't achieve anything at the end of the day. And uh, as I said, the group of people that have been associated with both the military and civil aviation industry. They're a very outgoing bunch of people. And uh, I'm afraid, Jill, they drive their their pint, actually. You know, that's maybe half the reason. I think that's a big factor. And, you know, you just have to try and get on with it, really, you know.
0: Absolutely, Joe. Well, you do have some amazing people in your life. What do you see happening in the future? Are you planning to get married again? Have you got a lady in your life? Are you free, (laughs) Jill? You never know, Joe. You never, ever know.
1: (laughs) We keep all options open then.
0: Oh, brilliant. Listen, Joe, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you today. It really has. Thank you so very much for joining us here on RNIB Connect Radio and the very best of luck with the future.
1: Thank you very much, Julie. Very welcome. Lovely talking to you again.
0: For more downloads like these, visit rnibconnectradio.org.uk
1: slash podcasts.